live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C, Senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong. Play the door open. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels, under the tutelage of our general manager, Volodymyr Zelensky and the brave Ukrainian people, also honorary, honorary general manager, the Iran nuke deal. Increasingly hilarious. And what? That's right. That's right. The globe's greatest comedy slash S show. The Iran nuke deal talks. That's not the word I expected at the end of that sentence. Hence my dramatic pause. (laughs) I've been reading about it. It is an absurdity piled on a stupidity. You are a Shakespearean trained actor. Thank you. And that's why (laughs) the dramatic... Forsooth saith Yorick to someone or other. To quote the bard. Soliloquies and asides. You can do them both. (laughs) Um, How interesting is it that the leaders of Poland, Czech Republic, and one of your tiny countries nobody's ever heard of are all going to uh, Kiev today? Indeed, rolling in via train to express solidarity. That's something, isn't it? It's, it's it's brave. It's cool. If you're following the news at all in the last 24 hours, as Kiev continues to just get pounded, nothing but non-military installations being blown to bits. Where exactly are they meeting? That What kind of train are they coming in on? How, how does that even work? I, I really don't know. I, I'm, uh, I have the same questions you do. They're going to hold a press conference, I think, or, or a meeting of solidarity or something, then hightail it back out of town, I'd imagine. God, I can't imagine what the planning is like around that. Right. You know, it's funny. I'd assume that they had uh, announced it in advance to let Putin know, hey, we got three leaders of countries in town, so let's uh, be cool for a day or something. But no, they snuck in uh, undercover a night without breathing a word. Yeah. Taking their chances, I guess. Yeah, that's, that is something. Um, since uh, Putin and the Russians on the ground are just bombing and shooting indiscriminately. As you saw with that photographer that got killed the other day, he was waved. They were waved through a checkpoint, and then all of a sudden, the Russians just started shooting the car for some reason. I know, terrible, terrible, chilling. But with those three heads of state moving in, I say, out of solidarity, purely with uh, the Ukrainian people, uh, time to send Kamala in there. Hmm? Maybe I don't know. Again, just as a show of solidarity, we'll clearly make things better. And the uh, the president of the United States is not going to go into Kiev, but uh, is going to maybe Poland, certainly going to Europe. They're talking about that for next week. I don't know what that's supposed to accomplish. <clears throat> I don't get as excited about these various trips to places as other people seem to. They seem very sim- heavy on symbol- symbolism. If it were a different guy, I might be more excited about it. I don't see uh, Sleepy Joe really rallying anybody. But uh, I, I don't want to come off as cynical. It'd be a hell of a nice gesture to go to Poland to show solidarity with our NATO brethren. We can certainly show up and say, hey, we're going to send you a whole bunch of money to help you with taking in these millions of people that have come into your country in the last couple of weeks. Good point. Jeez, a lot of towns are just full. And uh, 
You can be as open-hearted and generous as you want, but at some point, you got as many people as you can have in your house and feed and continue to run your life. Sure, and I think we can all relate to the idea that sometimes uh, the people we care about more than any other in life have come for a visit, and they stay, and they stay, and after a while, it gets a little tense. So, yeah, strangers from a war-torn land after a while, that could... You know, it could be uncomfortable and expensive. Three, yeah, and expensive. They're showing up with nothing, absolutely nothing, and it ain't like they're going to go to work the next day or anything. Like they're just hanging out, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. I can't. It's hard to even wrap your head what that would be like. Wrap your head around what that would be like. So you show up at the Polish border. You got your, uh, you got your kids with you, and that's it. You got the clothes you're wearing, and that is it. And somebody's going to put you on a bus and take you somewhere. And uh, you're going to be at somebody's house. I, just, I can't even imagine h- how you would get your head to calm down enough to even figure out what. So what is happening now? Yeah, well, it would be enormously difficult. I mean, these are modern people with all the modern connections to technology and the rest of it. Not only are they gone from their home with just the suitcase full of clothes, but their home is probably gone. It's oh, just yeah. been destroyed. The bank where their money is has been leveled, and it's not clear whether the country in which that bank existed will be a country anymore, never mind the bank. Well, right, and the place you worked is obviously gone, and the place your kids went to school is rubble, and uh, it's I can't even imagine. How long would it be before your kids were back in school? In a school that speaks your language? I have a feeling they're doing their best to organize that sort of thing just to keep their kids' lives yeah. normal. Judging from interviews I've heard with the, the poor beleaguered refugees, that's their top priority, for goodness sakes. Don't do, keep the kids sane. Over three million in three weeks, and where does that end? There are projections that could be five to ten million. Well, if you keep pounding the cities like they are now, lots of people are going to leave, including maybe the president of uh, Ukraine, who's speaking to our Congress tomorrow. There is reporting I saw on NBC that the White House is pretty nervous that Zelensky, it, this is going to guaranteed to happen, Zelensky is going to make a very powerful and impassioned plea for much more help, including those planes. There are a lot of people in his own party, let alone the Republicans, who say, yeah, let's give him a lot more help, including those planes. No-fly zone, probably, right? And the White House is going to be in a, an awkward situation as the uh, as the country gets rallied around this guy uh, and how they're going to handle it or how they're going to word the, yeah, that's nice, and that uh, he's he's good at that. Uh, Churchill, yeah, I agree. It sounds like Churchill, but uh, we're not giving him that. We're not giving him those planes. I suspect rather strongly they're negotiating behind the scenes with the Z-Man right now, saying, hey, can we maybe leave some of that out? I don't know. Here's an extra 50 million bucks. Spend it on whatever you want. Wow. Wow. Let's uh, start the show officially. Uh, I got one more thing to say. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, March 15th. The Ides of March. Today's the day. They stab Putin in the rotunda. The old stabberoony. It's from the Shakespeare play. Caesar, have you ever read it? He gets stabbed on March 15th. The Caesar option. People were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. The Caesar option for getting rid of Putin. I'd be too good if they stabbed him today. Too good. (laughs) I'm Jack Armstrong, and we approve of this program. Uh, and he's Joe Getty, right? Yeah. Or, or am I fired? No, no is this how I find both, out? We're both. Hey, why doesn't my key fob work? All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Actor Jesse Smollett was sentenced to five months in a Chicago jail last week for staging a hate crime. Here's what you do, Jesse. First day in the joint, walk up to the biggest guy in there and say, act like you're beating me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, old crazy Jesse. 
How about that Ukrainian newscaster who ran on the set with the sign? I mean, Russian. Uh, Russian, yeah. Russian newscaster ran on the set with the sign saying, don't believe the lies. And now feels horrible for lying to people for all these years. And is probably, as we speak, being tortured. Probably sitting alone in a cold, wet cell, wondering what her fate is going to be. It's an incredible act of courage and conscience. God, I will say, we'll have to read you exactly what she had on her sign as she just ran behind the newscaster, who then didn't even uh, interrupt herself at all because she's scared to death. Oh, my God, I'm going to be in trouble for this, even though I haven't done anything. And that nice way to live, isn't it? Where you have to be so scared of your government all the time. Did you see the video the other day of the woman who had a sign that said uh, two words on it? Because uh, the, the the new law is if there are even two words that uh, in, imply something, and uh, and she had a sign that said two words. Wow. And she's there, and she a, a bunch of these guys in, like, cop gear or whatever come and whisk her away. And so the interviewer turns to some other woman who starts saying, look what they just did, what they just did. They, you need to report this. And then the cops grab her and take her away right wow. in front of the camera. I think I tweeted that out. Yeah, it's something to watch. A dewy-eyed optimist would say, wow, that shows increasing desperation on Putin's part as his uh, grip on power is increasingly Mm. tenuous. I think a realist would say, gosh, this guy's willing to do anything, and the Russian people know it, and most of them are too afraid to say anything. Right in front of the cameras. Man, I'd like to have a crystal ball and know what uh, Putin's lifespan is as of the leader of Russia. Could be a day. Could be 10 years. I thought Bashar al-Assad was uh, days were numbered. He's still in power. Uh, How does mailbag look? Uh, like American policy in Ukraine, still taking shape. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. You know, the world keeps spinning. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We will probably continue to comment on issue polls for the rest of our talk radio career because they're just so darned interesting, but we really shouldn't. They're pointless, and we've got a great example of that. Two different ways Americans were asked about the no-fly zone. Two completely different answers. I mean, not even close to give you an idea of how misleading those polls can be. So we'll get to that later this hour. Which polls? Love All of them. Okay. That's right. Well, certainly most of them, Michael. Uh, also, the uh, the Iran nuke deal is increasingly, the effort to get something done is increasingly bitterly hilarious. And we will bring that to you. Yes, I know that seems like a surprising way to describe it, but trust me, I will take you on that journey in moments. But first, it's your freedom-loving quote of the day. This one from Abraham Lincoln. The dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present. The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise with the occasion. As our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. I thought that was interesting. I think there are also truths that uh, that are more or less eternal. So how to separate the, the newness from the eternal, that is the challenge that that we all face in life isn't it jack i could talk about that for a long time but maybe later yeah i know i i I, yeah Hmm. maybe later mailbag Hmm. thought i'd go ahead and air this sentiment 
John commenting on the 4% who support Putin. I've never been a huge fan of Russia, but something doesn't smell right about all of this. Uh, listening to all, a long time. Thank you guys are great thinkers. It's very kind of you. Thank you. I'm not saying Russia and the Putin are good. I actually have no idea. But all the wrong people are telling all of us that they are the enemy. I'm very wary when the likes of Bill Gates and George Soros are telling me who my enemy should be. Uh, why are the most powerful and evil and corrupt people in the West suddenly forcing us headlong into a conflict with the world's second most powerful military? Uh, they're not, actually, but uh, they have a hell of a nuclear force. Uh, so uh, we've gotten a number of notes like this. I would tell you this. There are a couple of jokes, oddly enough, that describe the situation perfectly. Uh, number one, uh, even a stop clock is right twice a day. There are times I will find myself in agreement with Kamala Harris. If she says, my, this is a beautiful spring day, I don't immediately assume it's not. They will occasionally be right. And knee-jerk rejection is every bit as dopey as knee-jerk acceptance. Yeah, I think everybody's on the same page because it's so obviously clear. It's just a a very clear-cut case of evil versus not evil. Right. It's not more complicated than that. Right. Um, yeah, well said. I see no reason. If a to, murderer uh, comes down. in and abducts your children and George Soros and Bill Gates and you all agree that's horrible, I wouldn't question it. Yeah, it's horrible is why. In short. Uh, let's see. This is a note from Scott. Good morning, Joe. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to hear Jack live on the air this morning. I was concerned he was the fellow arrested for stabbings at the New York Museum of Modern Art. Oh, I do hate modern Signing art. Off. But- J-A-H-A, comma, D, Jack and Hitler agree, comma, ding. I don't, hate modern the, art. I don't hate the nice people that work at art museums, though. What a horrible crime that was. They yeah. got the person, though, right? Uh, that's my understanding. You've seen yeah. that video. God, it's horrible. Well, and then you've got, uh, I mean, if you're into horror, then you've got the, the, the psychopath who was shooting homeless people in New York and D.C., and various beatings of Asian people. One aspect of that story, completely unreported, oddly enough. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Ron in beautiful Lake Geneva writes, I was listening to you guys one day. You're talking about how the pandemic became political. Uh, this is kind of at the heart of the freedom argument. Democrats are the ones 90% responsible for these policies. Conservatives walk around, act like, walk around life acting like they did in 2019 and everything is fine. Libs want mandates and thus control, taking my freedom from me. And this is how almost everything works, right versus left right now. The left wants control. The right wants to be left alone, live our lives with liberty and freedom. How can minding your own business and wanting to be left alone be political? Is doing nothing a political act? School me, because I don't get that side of it. Because you don't know what's good for you. There are all kinds of government programs that are good for you, and you're too dumb to know it. Right? You're voting against your own interests. Surely you've heard that uh, smug comment from the the smug mainstream media. I like this. This is uh, California-oriented, but I'll bet there's something similar going on in a place near you. Our longhead governor and his band of merry idiot state legislators have decided that rather than simply institute a temporary repeal of all or a portion of our state's excessively high gas taxes, yes, they are the highest in the nation, which would simply and equitably benefit each individual directly proportionately to the amount they spend on gas and require no administrative costs. Instead, uh, they're going to go with the inefficient, illogical, convoluted, expensive option of giving out rebates based on a list of qualifiers that would have to be verified, adding massive administrative costs. Those qualifiers, such as 
whether you are a California resident, own a car, etc., are not true indicators of how much you drive or how much you spend on gas. Once again, stupidity wins over intelligence. Fantastic. More or less. Uh, David writes, Elon Musk challenging Putin is a masculinity play. That's a big deal in Russia. I wonder how the girly girl will reply. <laughs> yes, the world's richest man challenged Vladimir Putin to a fight yesterday. Said the, and said the winner gets Ukraine. It seems uh, like an odd proposal to me in, in several different ways. But uh, who am I to get in uh, between? Really, perhaps, uh, perhaps the two richest men on earth. Sure. As, as Putin has vast holdings of virtually all of Russia's industrial uh, and, and uh, materials uh, wealth. You know, I was, uh, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, how... Has the world overestimated Putin all these years as the master genius strategist? And it turns out he's not even close to that. He's an evil thug. There are lots of super evil thugs that have run big gangs before, but they're not geniuses as uh, we're all applying to Putin all these years. Yeah, the playbook of being a dictator is not actually that complicated. You have to be good at it, and you have to have a certain amount of nerve, but no, you don't need to be a genius. You just need to be brutal. Because he doesn't look like a master strategist as his military is spread out all over Ukraine for three weeks getting pounded by, a bunch, of, by a bunch of civilians. Um, polling questions matter. No fly zone polling later this hour. Stay tuned for that. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's right. Yesterday, Tom Brady called off his retirement and announced that he will return next season to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Basically, Brady saw gas prices and said, back to work. Here we go. That's right. Tom Brady is back. And once again, he made history as the first person to ever move to Florida and unretire. Brady's retirement lasted 40 days. In other words, he pretty much gave up football for Lent. That's pretty funny. Move to Florida to unretire. <laughs> I want to talk about gas prices later. I, uh, I've been talking a lot about, about, about gas being adjusted for inflation, which they never do. Adjusted for inflation, gas has been ticking downward for 40 years since the 70s, if you adjust it all for inflation. It's higher now, but just like in recent weeks because of this extraordinary situation we got going on. Hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's not, if you look at the adjusted for inflation and what it is now, it, it, it shouldn't be a, as emotionally impactful as it is. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we can talk about that more later. I mean, it, it's complicated and has to do with expectations and household budgets, which make certain assumptions. does have to do with expectations. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, speaking of expectations, keep them low for the new JCPOA. That's your effort to keep Iran from getting a nuke, which is, you can't be cynical about this. I mean, you can be plenty skeptical, and I am, but the idea of a nuclear-armed Iran is an awful idea. Well, we should have, the world should be learning right now how much power you get, apparently, if you've got a nuclear weapon. You get to just do whatever you want. You can go into a country next door and just obliterate men, women, and children, including hospitals and schools, if you have a nuclear weapon, apparently. 
Yeah, and certainly in some circumstances. So the the current negotiations have been suspended. We'll explain why in just a second or two. Let's start with the quote from a Democrat from Virginia, Congresswoman, Vice Chair of the House Armed Services Committee. I'm deeply concerned that the latest iteration of the failed JCPOA being negotiated by the Biden administration will empower Iran, endanger Israel, and continue to threaten global security. Specifically, she said that, Elena Luria said that, because any deal that would give Iran a path to nuclear weapons or allow them to invest in terror proxies is unacceptable. And she was one of 21 lawmakers who wrote to the White House saying, hey, this doesn't say anything about Iran fueling terrorism and funding terrorist organizations which was also missing from the 2015 thing um and so this 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 is a non-starter it's a terrible idea okay and and you need to pause the talks well the pa- the talks are going to pause but not because of the bipartisan extreme skepticism about whether this deal is worth a damn if you're not following this They paused it because of, quote-unquote, external factors, according to the EU's top negotiator dude. A final text is essentially ready and on the table. What happened was Russia, at the 11th hour, says uh, part of the JCPOA has to be we get to keep trading with Iran uh, right now in spite of the sanctions over the Ukraine war. And all the other parties to the uh, agreement were like, wait, what? That's got nothing to do with Iran and nukes. and eh. Well, you give the devil a seat at the table, and he's going to pull stuff like that. Uh, so you have Russia saying, no, 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 no. you got to carve out. We get to trade with Iran as much as you want. And then, simultaneously with that going on, Iran launched a dozen ballistic missiles into Iraq very near the U.S. consulate's new compound. Shocking how little coverage this story has gotten. Did you hear this over the weekend? Iran shot missiles at our embassy, and it's gotten, like, no coverage whatsoever in the midst of, I guess part of it is because of Ukraine, and part of it is people don't want the inconvenience of where it fits in with this whole Iran nuke deal. Uh, Yeah, I would say that's a big factor, but uh, many leading thinkers are concluding that the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, which took credit for the attack, had intentionally targeted American personnel. Now, the Biden administration desperate to solve to save this deal they've called it one of their highest priorities said uh, we do not believe the consulate was actually the target of this missile attack we're very glad our facilities are secure everyone's accounted for no one hurt or killed uh this is a great concern it was an attack on iraq sovereignty but not on the u.s interests which is a hell of a thing so the uh, revolutionary guard just decided to go way up north in iraq and lob a bunch of missiles right next to our uh our consulate interesting and then the uh ir the uh, revolutionary guard came out with uh, all sorts of things about the zionist state and uh, blah 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 yeah so as i look at the clock it's kind of a distraction uh so all of that is going on during the negotiations meanwhile 49 senate republicans everybody but rand paul said they would reject any agreement that didn't forbid Iran from uh, financing terrorist groups. This thing is dead, dead, dead. And what happens next, I have no idea. Why'd Rand Paul uh, go against it? Uh, He said his decision not to sign the letter was out of principle because there was nothing yet to oppose. Quote, condemning a deal that is not yet formulated is akin to condemning diplomacy itself. Not a very thoughtful position. Does he sometimes just like to be... 
not with the herd, for not with uh, the herd's sake. Yeah, sure. I wonder. I don't know if that's what's happening here, but uh, it, it certainly could be. So, you know, and I don't mean to darken everybody's day any darker than it is if you follow international news. But the, so you've got the uh, the process of trying to keep uh, Iran from arming up uh, nuke-wise, just sputtering, just stumbling, fumbling and bumbling. Not good. So I'm trying to figure out if this is real or not. The headline's exciting. Nose jobs and veneers. Workers spending big to look good for the return to the office. It's the idea that is people are going to start coming back to work and uh, in the workplace. And I'm not sure that they are, but I mean, they haven't around here anyway, uh, that people are getting work done because they want to look good when they go back to work. Yeah, I saw, was it Google said uh, mid-April, everybody's got to come back or virtually everybody, a mm. lot of people. You know, I could see that. You know how you'd, you'd uh, debut your new haircut after uh, summer vacation or something like that? Maybe go ahead and get it dyed when you're taking two weeks off so it wouldn't be quite as obvious. I think that's a common thing. I was talking to somebody yesterday about how they let themselves slide so much during the uh, the pandemic. And, ha- <laughs> and just, you know, the idea of getting dressed every day of, you know, shaving your face or your legs, depending on your gender. Well, gender's a construct. Depending on your wishes. Um, it seems crazy now because you haven't shaved every day or thrown on a collared shirt or uncomfortable shoes in every day. For years now. <laughs> it's been years since you've done yeah. that. It's really kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Shaving once a week has got to come back to uh, shaving every other day or whatever, or every day, if you're the neat sort. Wearing a shirt yeah. that's been pressed? What are you talking about? I could use a tummy tuck, boob job, <laughs> certainly a extensive manscaping. I don't know. <laughs> Brow lift, chin... <laughs> Lowering. <laughs> oh, oh, <brow> lift. <laughs> oh, well, what that would do for your life. I got you. that stoned look. Yeah. Mm. I. It's going to be weird when people come back to work. It's been so long now. Don't you think, Michael, it's going to be weird to have people around again? It's yeah. just been us for so long. The and, idea and I've of, grown to like it. Yeah, I know. The idea of like walking to the lunchroom to get coffee and going by offices and, that aren't dark with the doors locked with people in them saying, hey, good morning. Who are you? Ah, or, my, or my greatest nightmare being stopped in the bathroom and asked some sort of substantive question. Hey, did you guys uh, write back to that, Bob? Because we need that by tomorrow. I'm just trying to pee in here. All right, right, can I be- urinate? <laughs> I know it'll be so weird. It matters how you ask a question. We've been saying that for a long time. I think everybody knows that. But here's the greatest example I've seen recently about the no-fly zone. People ask two different ways, two completely different answers. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Target is about to close, you guys. We are about to spend the night in Target. I don't know if it's just a fine if we're getting arrested. I don't really know. Officers are searching in this dark store, and suddenly at 3 o'clock in the morning come upon somebody. That's not, not a great situation for anybody. That's yeah, a good way to get shot. Apparently, that's a big online thing right now is you, you hide in a Home Depot or a Target or whatever, and then you, you post a video of you staying the night in the store. It is a good way to get shot. Yeah, aren't they in some sort of serious trouble? I saw that story the other day, this idiot couple. I'm sure you can be prosecuted for at least some sort of trespassing or something, but 
but seriously, you know, you get the wrong call to 911 and you're ooching around in there and it's dark. But it's a fun conversation with your kids if you have never done it. You start the, what would you do if you stayed the night in this store? And so, you know, eating the candy, sitting in the lawn chair, you know, all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Watching the TV, playing the Nintendo games. We had that conversation at the Target just the other day. Um, uh, We're going to talk a little Ukraine uh, kickoff hour, two. Did you see the TV newscaster who ran behind the person reading the news with a sign? We'll tell you what was on the sign, and uh, she's missing right now. Uh, Russian newscaster, yeah. Yeah, protesting the war. So more on that next hour. I almost hate to do this story because it kind of ruins like many years to come of talk radio if we follow the rules. You really shouldn't talk about polls. Issue polling is so flawed. It's worse than worthless as it leads people the the wrong direction. You do have to approach it with a lot of caution and understand what was being asked. Yeah, I took in a long podcast with people who do it for a living and uh, their conclusion, even though it drives politics. So you have to you have to get into the business of if you're working for a campaign, asking questions the right way, getting the answers you want. But it's worthless. It's worthless. It's so flawed. (laughs) You can't come up with anything from it. Uh, well, you're responsible for coming up with the content to replace well, right, all the opinion right. polling stories we're going to do for the next 10 right. years. You I know. Idiot. I know. What are you thinking? But here's a good example. Do you approve CBS News poll, YouGov poll, serious polling organization. Do you approve or disapprove or do you support or oppose? Every word matters in these things. Do you support or oppose a no-fly zone over Ukraine? Overwhelming support. 60%. It's 60-40 support. That wow. got a lot of attention over the weekend. It's probably why a lot of people in Joe Biden's own party are hounding him for why aren't we doing this. It's why Zelensky's going to be met with uh, applause when he brings it up perhaps tomorrow in front of Congress. CBS, YouGov asks the same question slightly different. Do you support or oppose a no-fly zone over Ukraine if it's viewed as an act of war? Which has already been declared by Putin he would see it as an act of war, probably because it is an act of war. Support drops to 38%. It's almost flipped completely upside down. 38-62. That's a major difference. And about a really important issue. I mean, if you got kind of a a flip-floppy congressman or senator and, you know, kind of goes with which direction the wind blows... You see one poll, you go one way. You see one poll, the other poll, you go the other way. On something as major as starting a nuclear war. Well, I've been saying this for many moons, and longtime listeners know this. If you were to restrict uh, who answered the poll to people who have any idea what they're talking about, (laughs) you would get vastly different numbers. Yeah, that's the other angle of it. You're right. That's the other angle of it. that people who are really into this uh, talk about a lot. So you've got the, the the wording of the question. You can push people all kinds of different directions with just slight changes of words. For whatever reason, you know, approve, disapprove affects people differently than support, not support. Mm-hmm. I want to be supportive. Um, uh, and then you get to what you're talking about, the pool of people you're polling. 
Is it? And now I'm not trying to be superior about this or anything. By the way, if you're running a roofing company, no, you should and you've be. just got business out there. No, no, no. What What do you know about these? The significance of no fly zones, the particulars, the 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 details. You're not. You shouldn't. It's fine. You do what you do. But the idea that the great American people, the wise, the vast swath of American people have ruled upon this obscure point of foreign policy they've probably never heard of before. And the New York Times prints it with great seriousness. I mean, come on. And it moves politicians. Yeah. So I don't know what you do with that information. So the answer to the question, it would seem to me, is no. We don't support a no-fly zone in Ukraine, pretty clearly. Well, I, you know, if you wanted to play a little opinion tennis, it'd be funny to work this out, funny in kind of a grim way, but uh, do you support the, a no-fly zone over Ukraine? Yes. Then I would ask uh, the same group of people or a similar group of people, randomized, of course, uh, do you support a uh, no-fly zone if it's considered an act of war? Oh, no, 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 no. Would you support a no-fly zone? Though it's considered an act of war, but would save 10,000 Ukrainian children. Oh, absolutely, I would. And grabs the. Would you support a no fly zone if it was an act of war? Save children, but we lead to nuclear holocaust. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, you could go back and forth and play tennis with the opinion all day long if you wanted. Sure, exactly. Exactly. Would you support a no fly zone if it would save President Zelensky's life? You get like 90% yes. What if Zelensky was sleeping with your wife? <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, just please. There which, are so many ways to manipulate Which it. she would do. <laughs> yes, she, would, she do. would. And there's nothing you can do about it. Hell, I might. That poor guy. God, I saw him yesterday. His uh. voice is so rough. He looks like he's lost weight. How stressful is that? I was thinking about what I would say to Congress if I were him tomorrow. I think I would just lay it out there. I suppose on one hand, he needs to be grateful because we are giving them lots of stuff, lots and lots and lots of stuff. And you don't want to come on as ingrateful. But at the same time, he has every right to say, look, I understand your own politics. We're on the other side of the world. You've been in wars for a long time. You're tired of this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a really good chance me and my family are going to be dead by the end of the month and lots and lots of other families. So we're begging you. If you care about freedom, if you care about good over evil, help us out. He's got to answer the nuclear holocaust question, though, right? And for and for and for once in the in the you know the the hollowed chamber that where the, they all sit, it's not at all phony. It's not the least bit phony. There's no right. hyperbole or phoniness in it at all. It is bone chillingly truthful. You do have to address, you probably should address the nuclear holocaust issue. I think if you spent some time, you could come up with a way to address that. I don't know if it would satisfy people, but are we going to let people with nuclear weapons dictate what kind of planet we live on? Where innocents are slaughtered because we don't want to go that next step? Or do we dictate to them what kind of planet we're going to live on? If only we were gifted with foresight, I mean, actual ability to see the future. Because the question is, honestly, when you get it boiled down, the question is, will there be more or less misery, loss of life, horror, etc., by opposing, opposing Putin's forces hardcore now, or to squeeze them out of the family of nations over the next two to five years? 
That's the question, and nobody has the answer. They have theories, they have guesses, they have honest and heartfelt opinions, but it's a tough question. I'd say, and as uh, you said yesterday, anybody who acts like they know the answer, that it's clear, is uh, lying to you. Oh, yeah, they're a charlatan. They're selling certainty, as I like to put it. Well, I think long-term for the planet, if the message to China and Russia and North Korea and possibly Iran when they get a nuke is that if you get a nuke, you can do practically anything you want, and the world will let you. Just rattle that saber a little bit. Long-term for the planet, that's that's a rough situation. You know, uh, talking about Zelensky and his state, which has got to be uh, haggard, um, our freedom-loving quote of the day today from Abraham Lincoln, I'm reminded uh, of the fact that if John Wilkes Booth hadn't killed Lincoln, the war might have. He was in terrible physical and emotional shape. The the, the Civil War about killed him emotionally. Um, and that's why he was a great man, because he endured great things. Uh, he had greatness thrust upon him, as they say. Um Ultimately, that tragic story had a happy-ish ending. The Union stayed together, slavery was eradicated, and we moved on to a much more uh, bright future in which we lived up to the ideals of this country. If only we knew that there would be a similar positive ending ultimately to this one. It's just so hard to say. Right. Putin will not be a factor in world politics in, in five years. I believe he has committed political suicide. It's just a question of who he takes with him. How does he go out? Don't know. The old stab That's what we've been rooting for, but uh, seems unlikely. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.